This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 135. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we're joined by David Zimmerman. David has been working in SEO for about 12 years, five years on his own as Reliable Acorn. Over the past couple of years, he's been speaking at WordCamps about SEO and client management. And under the current COVID-19 shutdown, he misses the friends he's been made in the hallway track. Welcome, David. Hello. Nice to be with you two today. We are glad to have you in our hallway, uh, our virtual hallway. Thanks for joining us today, David. Can you tell us and our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, uh, see, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, where uh, I, uh, with my wife, who is just really of uh, about nine months now, it's been a great time to get to know my wife in quarantine over the last few months. It's kind of a new thing for us and we've been having a good time doing it so she has been here working from home getting used to me who've been working from home for a long time now so you're you're newly married and then right after you got married you ended up in this in this uh work together is it i understand that correctly yeah sorry that way yeah that wasn't very clear was it yeah we uh, we got married a few months before the pandemic so about March, when she was working from home, she got to join me, who have already been working from home for a long time. So it's been a fun way to kind of get to know someone even closer. Yeah, I know when you have a, a, a vacation where you stay at home, you call it a staycation. What do you call a honeymoon when you're, st- when you're stuck at home? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, excellent. Tell us about uh, how you've discovered WordPress. I know you say you have an SEO agency and SEO doesn't always mean WordPress. So tell us a little bit about your connection with WordPress. Yeah, you know, I, I've i been kind of a half developer, half marketer for years. And then someone introduced me to the concept of SEO and it kind of was, it appealed to both my technical side and my content creative side. And it was a kind of a weird combination. And as someone who came from that background, WordPress was a kind of a natural fit. Uh, it just was easy to use and had the flexibility where I could dink around with it. I don't call myself a developer. I really don't do that. But WordPress allowed me to have enough. For instance, I eventually built my own little theme from scratch uh, just to really familiar, familiarize myself with how WordPress worked. Uh, and I learned a lot in the process. Now, the theme is really super ugly because I am definitely not a designer, but it worked. It taught me how WordPress renders things. It taught me how to speak to designers and developers who are building WordPress websites so I can give them the best technical SEO advice I can, being that I understand how the platform works. And I took that and I started going and uh, traveling around to different work camps around the Southeastern United States and meeting friends, speaking on things that I was excited to speak about. And now I feel like I'm pretty involved in the community. I was on the organization team to organize WordCamp Charlotte this year. 
was. So maybe next year. Hopefully next year, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully next year. David, I want, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your diving into that WordPress theme and making that. I'm a, I'm a big fan of knowing a lot about the ancillary roles to mine. I'm in the design and marketing side, not the development and marketing. So very much in the design and the marketing. But dabble enough in code, not to write a theme that I would ever put on a public-facing website, but to your point, to be able to talk to developers and to talk to clients, well, we could do this technically and that technically. And I know that is simpler than this other task. I have no idea how to do either, but I know that that is simpler than that is more complicated. I'm interested, when you were going to make this, this WordPress theme, was that just an educational uh, idea or were you really thinking, you know, maybe I'll sell it or maybe I'll design it up and use it on my own? Where were you going with that? Uh, because I knew it would be ugly, I knew I wasn't going to be able to sign it, uh, to sell it, right? I actually uh, stole someone's design in a way. There is somebody who developed this idea called the fluid baseline grid. And he's developed this very simple CSS system that uh, handled text really well and introduced me to concepts like uh, letting and design concepts like that. It was also responsive before responsive was really kind of a thing. It was, uh, it was mobile first. It was my first experience with mobile first web design. And that really changed the way things happened. And so it was, it was an intellectual exercise to understand WordPress because I was taking these important concepts like mobile first and uh, responsive web design, doing it using someone else's idea and trying to convert it into WordPress. So now when I go to developer, I can tell uh, you did not design this from a mobile first perspective. And I can say, remember, Google is evaluating your site from a mobile first experience when they're deciding to rank your site. So when you build a mobile first design, what you're doing is you are building it in light of how Google would like to think of your site rather than designers who build desktop and then crack it down to, to mobile, which ends up being usually a very cumbersome site and, and can be a real big SEO problem. So that's kind of how I approached it. And it really, uh, learning the things that then WordPress could do with that helped me a lot. Uh, for instance, like one of the biggest SEO problems on WordPress is, is the idea that uh, if you have an entirety of a blog post on a category page and then you have a, the same blog post on a date page, you're duplicating your own content. Google doesn't like that. Why would Google want to serve up those pages if it's the same stuff on every other? So you have to use the, uh, the preview. Um, you can do that manually. You can go in there and add the little line, the read more tag. But gosh, it's a whole lot easier if you know there's a function that you can put in your functions.php file to say, hey, only show the preview on archival pages. Once you know that, oh, that's a million times easier. And it was things like that I discovered that I could build into the theme. And now when I work with a developer who's built a site, I say, hey, I need you to crack open the functions.php theme a file, and I need you to go and you need to, to fix this code problem. Yeah. 
That's really interesting. I when I think of SEOs, you you often don't. I think there are a lot of SEOs, maybe less nowadays, but that that actually understand and know about those kinds of technical things that do definitely impact SEO. Right, SEO agencies um, are often not building websites or understanding theming and functions files. So you're way more of a developer than you than you uh, let on at the beginning there. I think, David. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, you've not seen any of the code I've produced. (laughs) Well, there's certainly value in doing enough code so that it works, right? If you're treating it as an exercise in in learning and not, you know, is this necessarily the fastest or the most efficient way to code or latest trend of coding? If it's really, what is this doing? How does this work? That's a different project. Let me ask you one last question on this topic. And it's really, how long did you plan to spend on developing your theme as an educational exercise? And then how long did you actually spend? Wow, that's a great question. I don't remember. I did it while I was working in an agency before I went on my own. So that was kind of a fun hobby project. I don't know now that I'm on my own if I would have the time or desire to do this because you know, here I am sitting in my office all day. I don't want to do this after hours. I want to go upstairs. You know, I want to walk around. Yeah. So, but I think it took me a good year of off time to work on it. And I, you know, the documentation, if if no one's looked at the technical documentation on, on the WordPress site, it was really good. And someone like me who doesn't have a background in computer science can read it and follow it. And, you know, uh, anybody can do it. It just takes time. You know, my, my first foray into development was, uh, and this will date me, uh, writing programs for the Palm Pilot. And it literally took me two years to write a program that was 5K, it was teeny tiny and it took me two years to do it. It was great. It was a lot of fun. It was again, a hobby kind of thing, but eventually it worked and it actually became pretty popular and I had actually a little bit of income. And uh, so thankfully, if you have that disposable time, you can dedicate to it, but it, it maybe if you are a real experienced developer, it'd be a lot faster for you to build from scratch than it would be to try to take a theme and make a child of it and then, you know, adjust it to what you need. Yeah. Do you work, uh, do you do SEO for other websites that are not built with WordPress or do you mostly work or exclusively work with WordPress? I really only have a one or two clients who work on WordPress. Um, I, I mean, I use it for all of my sites, but some of my clients, it's uh, one client had a really bad developer experience. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you, you, we, we, everybody who works in WordPress understands this. You know, so you get a bad developer and the, the theme can't be, the WordPress can't be updated. So guess what happens? You get hacked. And then the client gets really frustrated and the client got so frustrated, they swore they would never do WordPress ever again even though it really was the best solution for them and their price point and 
they just they were just burnt by WordPress, but they were really burnt by a cheap developer who didn't build it properly. Uh, another client of mine works in the cybersecurity space, and they are really afraid of WordPress getting hacked. And I, I feel that WordPress is very, very secure if you maintain it properly. But being in the cybersecurity space, they just couldn't take a chance like that. So they moved away from WordPress. Um, another client of mine just worked with a developer who <laughs> who always uses another system. We've had to hack the heck out of that system to even make it basically SEO friendly, despite what their website says on it, you know. And we basically hacked the CMS to make it into WordPress because WordPress just out of the box does things right. It certainly does in a lot of ways. David, how are you? How are you doing business development? How are you getting clients in a COVID nineteen world where you're not buying coffees or speaking at local meetups? What are you doing these days? Yeah, I, I think that primarily what I'm doing is uh, it, the the truth is I get most of my clients from referrals. You know, I do SEO for a living, but the cobbler's kid has no shoes. And that's not where I get my leads from. I spend my time for SEO on my clients. And because of that, they do well, and then they refer me to someone else. So I feel like I've, my clients are happy. And then they, when they hear of someone who needs my services, they recommend me. Um, now, it's been a really rough couple of months for clients. I've seen clients, their traffic just plummet over the last couple months. Um, I've seen a couple clients that I've done AdWords with, cost per clicks have grown exponentially, almost high. One client's got, it, Google is suggesting they spend $1,000 just for a click. That's not a lead, that's a click. So if they got to get- and are they selling a $20,000 product or are they selling something for a couple hundred bucks? They, they are selling a significant product, but you know, normally, they pay a tenth of that per click. Yeah. You know, it's just it grow. So what what I'm experienced, I'm saying that to say the the market is down for everybody and everybody's scraping for the little opportunities that are out there. And it's 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 a brutal place right now. I'm starting to see things recover for my clients. I'm starting to see traffic return. Google Trends is suggesting that more and more searches are coming. I think we're starting to see not business back to normal, but pent up demand from people not wanting to make decisions over the last couple of months because they don't know what's going on. And now it's too late. They have to commit to something. And so demand is starting to return to some of these in businesses. And um, yeah, but uh, what I experienced at the beginning, which was really similar to when I kind of got started in SEO was around the time of the last economic downturn. And at the beginning of the economic downturn, everybody goes, oh no, we've not done any marketing. We better start doing marketing. And they invest heavily in search marketing. And I, my phone was ringing off the hook at the beginning of the pandemic. And then really quickly, it dried up because then people started freaking out. And, 
you know, they started hoarding their hoarding. Maybe that's a little being wise with their money. Like let's not just waste money on marketing and throw money hoping it works. But I, I noticed that too, at the last economic downturn, when I got started, everything was huge booming. And then quickly things kind of, as money ran out, they applied less money to marketing. But, you know, marketing is kind of like networking. You do it when you don't need to do it. And it, when you have to have marketing results, that's almost the worst time to do marketing because now it's like we're panic marketing. We're throwing things at the wall and hoping it sticks and blowing, burning money that we might not have in a couple of months. And that's... Yeah, the there's not the time to, to do strategy. It's, it's, right. it's, it's yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's kind of the, the good of SEO, right? The things we're doing now for SEO are maybe not having as huge of an impact because demand is down. But in a couple months, the stuff we're doing now will start to make an impact. Um, other marketing channels don't have that same benefit. If your social media, it's what do you do for me? What have you done for me lately? You're going to be forgotten in a couple months if you're not keeping up with it and you're starting from scratch with SEO. We're not starting from scratch. We're starting on what we built on. So SEO now is a really good investment, um, especially for companies that have more time than money because you can take the time that you never had to do these SEO projects. Great. Let's take the time and let's invest in the SEO issues and in, in initiatives that will pay off in a couple months. Yeah. And to make that search engine program a success. Right. Nicely done with that segue, Liam. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about success. <laughs> How do you define success, David? And, and what does it mean for you in your work life, business life, personal life combination? You know, I, I think when it, I, I think of success in two different ways, when I think about for my clients, my, my success is, is, are they making money from my efforts? They should be paying me less than they're making. And my goal is always like, what is the ROI on, on this investment? We need to, you need to be making more money than what you're paying me. And if you're not, you need to stop paying me. And when it comes to SEO, people get distracted by vanity metrics. Where do I rank? Who cares? Like, this is not a, a game of I'm better than you. This is a game I'm making more money so that your business can be sustained. I don't apply that metric to myself. Like, like and maybe it's because I'm, uh, anyway, maybe uh, when I think of success, what I like to think of is being in a position to be able to help others. And that's really what I want to be able to do. I Even when it comes to, like SEO, I had a friend one time, we were having cocktails, and she's like, you know, you can talk about something besides SEO, David. And I'm like, but but I really love what I do, and I really like sharing what I've learned, and I really like helping people out. And so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't me talking work, it was me talking about and trying to share the knowledge that I've gained. And I think that's Success. It, this, it, I'm successful if I can share what I've learned. And, and that's kind of the joy of going to WordCamps and talking about SEO, right? It's go and let's face it, I am where I am because I'm on other people have kind of helped me get here. And if I can go to a WordCamp and 
help a junior SEO person start to think about SEO in a different way or a small business person stop thinking about vanity metrics and start thinking about whether this is actually producing more sales for them and income, then that's going to help them. And I feel that's a successful visit to WordCamp. Yeah. Yeah. I like talking about SEO as well. And uh, what do you think, what, what's, what elements, plural or singular of SEO, do you like talking about the most? And what do you think people like hearing about or asking about or learning about? Because SEO is pretty broad. So what is there a specific aspect of SEO that you focus on? Uh, I like to think of SEO as having four parts that are really all equally important. Um, the you know, measurement is the starting point for any SEO campaign. You have to understand what you're trying to accomplish and be able to measure what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, sometimes we skip that step and we move straight on to, is the Oast green light giving us the color we want? First, let's figure out what we want to accomplish through our website and, and measurement and making sure measurement accurately set up is, is this first start to not just SEO, but any marketing campaign. The, the second step is just technical SEO, making sure your site's set up right, making sure Google's able to read it right and isn't coming into problems. Thankfully, we run WordPress and we don't have to worry about advanced, complicated pre-rendering of JavaScript frameworks. And oh Lord, these are, these are horrible concepts that sabotage many a site. WordPress doesn't have to worry about that, but there, you know, there's some technical issues with WordPress and we got to fix them. Um, once we get the technical stuff and Google can read us, then we get to what most people think of when it comes to SEO, which is the content. And, you know, does your page have the word or are you putting it in your title tag kinds of stuff? That's like third in there because we first need to make sure that Google can read it. And then before we do that, we, we need to have a goal that we're trying to accomplish. And then final step of SEO is the link building aspect, which is probably the most controversial part, but the fundamental part of how Google was a different as a search engine. You know, Google started and is fundamentally about the links using links to rank pages. It's not about having the incurrence of the same word on the page more than everybody else. It's what do other websites say your website is about? And what do other websites say is uh, the credible site and the topic? And that's what links are. Uh, once people understand that, they go into way dangerous areas and links can be so important uh, that you can really get your website in big trouble with Google, even kicked out of the index if you try to cut corners there. But that being said, links are still an important part of the algorithm and you have to consider them when you're doing a real SEO campaign. Uh, we just got to do it in a way that is not trying to game the system. Like Google is smarter than that. Like really? Are we really trading links now? I mean, really? It's like Google explicitly says, do not trade links. They're looking for that. Like you're not the first person to think about that idea. Let's, let's actually, that's where SEO becomes real marketing. Why would anybody link to your site? Maybe we should ask that question before we ask, how do I get a link to my site? And so that's, that's SEO. And, you know, some of that is 
people have heard of many times before. Sometimes people overlook things or get confused. Yeah. Do you, um, do you have case studies and do you share, I mean, marketing is a very esoteric thing in many ways. It's hard to tie a particular effort to a specific result, but SEO, you actually can look at rankings and you can take some credit for having some quote unquote success uh, with that. How, how do you, how do you, sell that? How do you track that with your customers? What does success mean in terms of SEO? Yeah, I actually write it into my contract um, that number one, I do not report on ranking because ranking is kind of a false positive. Um, We can rank you for things, but just because we rank you for it doesn't mean anybody else is searching for it. And that's where these fly-by-night, fifty-dollar-a-month SEO programs trick you. Like they come up with some arbitrary phrase that no one's looking for, and say, "See, we got you to rank. Aren't you happy? Pat yourself on the back. Who cares? It doesn't help." Zero no volume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so I, I just say, listen, we're not going to play that game. Um, we're going to look at. Um, traffic that a rank that leads to traffic, but not just traffic in and of itself isn't the end goal either, right? Because we could be getting a lot of traffic, but it could be completely irrelevant for what we do. So we want to look at ranking that leads to traffic that leads to some sort of goal that is as close as we can get to the actual income that your company makes. If you're selling things online, that's easy. You've sold a product. We know where you got that traffic from and presumably from where you ranked. But when it comes to like a lead serve, a ser, a service-oriented business, a lead generation thing, then we're tracking as close as we can if we're setting up a CRM system to make sure your sales team is closing the lead. To, you know, that, that's what we want. So when I, the other part of my contract is not only I don't report ranking, so we don't get distracted by things that don't really help you, but you get a monthly report every month showing where you're getting a traffic from and of that traffic, how much is producing actual business for you because I want my clients to know whether or not I'm generating an ROI for them. They need to be making more money from what they're, uh, for their business than they're paying me. And that monthly report holds me accountable to that. Like if I'm not, you, you need to put your marketing dollars into something else. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good bit of advice for clients is to focus on the money. You know, being number one in a search is great, um, but only if that delivers customers or if that does, delivers products sold or referrals or what. Again, to your point, whatever the target can be, right? If you're a law firm, you're not selling through your website, right? Unless you're legal Zoom, chances are you're using it as a way to get names and, and the like. So speaking of advice, I want to ask you our other signature question, David, and it's around advice that you've stumbled upon, been given, read, saw somewhere, and successfully implemented in your life. What's been the best advice that you've ever taken, followed, and really benefited from? Um, wow. What is the best advice I've ever followed? I think the best advice I ever received was from Nathan Ingram, who kind of a 
friend and mentor of mine. He speaks at a lot of work camps. I, I, I'm going to uh, say it very poorly, but he's often talked about uh, imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome, I think, is really debilitating to a lot of us who work for ourselves. And especially comes when we really step out and do something, uh, take a chance. Uh, for instance, I, I just recently launched a new product called Curious Ants that is basically uh, taking the processes I use for my clients and helps people who want to DIY their own SEO campaign follow the processes I use and they can do their own SEO campaign. I worked hard on this and I... I made sure that, it, you know, the processes I use that seem to get results can be followed by other people. But it took me months and months and months and months and months to drag my feet and do it. And pretty soon I realized that the real reason I was dragging my feet, because all the processes were written down. I've been using them for years and updating them constantly. It's all there. The real thing that was holding me back was imposter syndrome. Am I fooling myself that this is going to work for someone else? And Nathan and I kind of talked about this and how I was kind of reaching a money where your mouth is kind of thing. And I didn't want to release open to the public the curious ants thing because I was just afraid. Oh, no. You know, what if I'm fooling myself here? What if uh, you know, I've just been lucky with my other clients? Some of them been with me for years. And what if, you know, it just started, those things kind of seeped in. And Nathan and I, we talked about it. And then what I realized, like the next day, I actually said to myself, okay, I'm going to start applying the Curious Ants process to the Curious Ants website. And I felt really good because it's like, oh, that's right. I kind of forgot to do this. Or, you know, the cobbler's kid's got no shoes. I, I kind of forgot to do this thing. And, oh, yeah, I forgot to do that. And, oh, I should do this. And the next month, I, like, started seeing – next week, I started seeing some traffic to my own site. I'm like, huh. And then the next thing – next week, it's like triple the traffic to my – I'm like, wow, this SEO stuff really works. And it was like, oh, like I was fooling myself. I, I do have experience in this. I do, I, I, I know what I'm doing sometimes. I'm not yeah. perfect. It's okay not to be perfect, but it, so it was like stepping out and taking that chance of doing it helped me kind of overcome my own imposter syndrome. Yeah, that's a good feeling. That's a good feeling. Thanks for sharing that. And thanks to Nathan as well for sharing that advice. I, we are friends of Nathan as well. So... Um, we unfortunately are out of time, David. It's been so great chatting with you and hearing your story and your passion for what you do is wonderful. I love it so much. And I'll probably after we stop recording, I'll probably hit you up with some SEO questions since you of like course. talking about it so much. <laughs> Where can people find you online? Well, uh, Reliable Acorn is my main company where I service clients. And then CuriousAnts.com is my new SEO product where you can take what I do with my clients and do it yourself. Great. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks so much.
David, thanks so much for your time today. I really enjoyed meeting you and spending time with you out here in our hallway. Thank you. It's great to join you both. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.